Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we have a really cool guest on our phone. He's not in Toronto. Where Where is this guy? Where he's is he? In Calgary? Calgary. He's yeah. in Calgary and he's got better weather than us. So I'm a little bit jealous. Really? <laughs> is that even possible? Right now they do. They're above zero. We are not. Mm, hey everyone, it's Amanda. And uh, yeah, we've got Josh on the phone. He's the chair of the board of directors of the Massage Therapist Association in Alberta. They reached out to us actually because there's a lot of things going on in Alberta that us here in Ontario have no idea about. A lot of things that are frustrating in the profession. So Josh wanted to come on and speak about some of the things that are happening there. So thanks for hanging out with us this afternoon, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me here today. Before we start with any kind of ranting or talking about serious things. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, so I actually, I've been a massage therapist for 13 years now. Um, I took my training in Ottawa at Algonquin College. And then shortly after kind of successfully challenging the CMTO entering the practice requirements, I moved out to Calgary to start my career out here. Why Calgary? I just wanted a change. Uh, Calgary was the, the place to go in 2006. So I jumped aboard with, with a bunch of other people and, and came out here. So did you practice in Ontario at all? No, I actually, I, I challenged a CMTO exam. I basically got my, my notice from them saying I was successful and then took that notice right out to Alberta. So talk to us a little bit about what the massage therapy landscape is in an unregulated province. How does it work? So in Ontario or in, in regulated provinces, you go to a massage therapy college, a college that has been approved by the ministry in that province. You write the licensing exam. If you're successful, then you can register. How does all of this even work in a non-regulated province? Yeah, so it's it's interesting in Alberta, there is massage therapy association what they have tried to do is in some fashion or another most of them look similar to a, a kind of a hybrid model between a regulatory college and an association what we encourage people to do is is join one of these uh, massage therapy associations and in joining one of those associations you generally need to have a certificate or a diploma from a 2,200-hour program. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. So there isn't entry into practice exams in an unregulated uh, environment. There technically isn't any law or rule saying that somebody has to have a 2,200-hour program to call themselves a massage therapist. It's uh, it's really challenging because for the general public, when they go to see a massage therapist, they really don't know the quality of education. So, okay. So just so I'm, I'm on the same page here then. In Alberta, there are, I'm assuming there are several massage therapy schools. Some of them are in the 2200 hour range. Are there any that are not in the 2200 hour range? Yeah. In fact, the majority of massage therapy programs in Alberta are not teaching up to the 2200 hour range. And sorry, did you say that you have to have a diploma that meets the 2200 hours to join any of the associations? I believe all of the associations now require a 2200 hour diploma or basically equivalency. All right. So I just got a couple quick questions then before we start to rock and roll into this heavier. 
How many associations are there in Alberta? So right now there's four main associations in Alberta. And has there ever been talk of like amalgamating these? Why so many associations? Yeah, you know, from time to time over the the decades, there has there has been a little bit of talk. But um, right now, the Massage Therapist Association of Alberta is the only association that only um, has massage therapists as members. Uh, the, the other associations tend to give membership to other uh, body yeah body workers or um, one now has uh, manual osteopathic therapists. Okay, got it. That's that's some of the challenges with with the different associations that they they certainly represent different groups. Are you, is the Massage Therapist Association of Alberta is that kind of like the gold standard? Are you guys like the biggest one that people? join if they've done the 2200 hours and they want to start practicing? I mean, I might be a little biased, but I would like to say (laughs) that we're the gold standard, certainly. Yeah, the Massage Therapist Association of Alberta, we had a entry into practice exam up until about six years ago that was modeled very much after the kind of interjurisdictional competency agreement. So we really tried to set our, our bylaws, our standards of practice, our code of ethics, very similar to what the CMTO would require and expect all of our members to to live up to those standards. I wonder if that's why I, I met a massage therapist from Alberta when we were at the Canadian Massage Conference in the, in the fall. And uh, she said to me, would you guys ever consider bringing some courses out to Alberta? We would love to have these. And I said, yeah, we've talked about it. Um, you know, we're just trying to discuss the pros and cons of going to unregulated versus regulated provinces. And she said, well, we are regulated. Like, um, I hate to tell you that you're not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, when a, when a massage therapist or or a student massage therapist graduates and they, they want to join the MTAA, uh, once they become an active member of the MTAA, they have agreed to follow rules that would look very similar to a regulated provinces. So we do expect them to do continuing education credits every three-year cycle. Uh, we expect them to, to follow our standards of practice and our code of ethics. So a lot of therapists do think or may think that kind of they're regulated. But the challenge is there's no law to really back this up. Mm-hmm. So if if we receive a complaint about a massage therapist, if they belong to one of the other associations, then there, there's nothing we can do. If they were to belong to our association, we could conduct a, an investigation and, and you know, apply disciplinary measures if, if we find that's necessary. But there's nothing stopping that individual from then calling themselves a massage therapist and and still continuing to work. Right. So with the association, you said you guys used to have an exam that would grant the membership to the association, and you no longer have that, right? That is correct. What made you guys discontinue the examination process? You know, the biggest thing, this was really kind of highly contested, but it came down to if we were the only association that was requiring entry into practice exam, mm-hmm. the students, for the most part, would choose not to write that. Right. So as an association, I mean, just financially, you know, it's, in, it's impossible to stay afloat when you're the only person requiring students to write an exam. Mm-hmm. So I assume you guys are pro-regulation. You want Alberta to become regulated. Yeah. And in fact, um, 
you know, all four of the associations in Alberta are pro-regulation. Three of them joined or created a transitional council to help with moving this regulatory effort forward. So the three associations are definitely working together to try and achieve regulation. Uh, It's just been a, a fairly slow and and frustrating process. So when I'm a member of any of the associations, this gives me kind of an association number that I can now use to bill insurance companies. Is that the way it works as well? That's correct. Yeah. And I assume that there's no title protection as you kind of suggested before. So can anyone that comes out of school, a massage therapy school in Alberta, call themselves a massage therapist? Yeah, that's correct. And, And they don't even have to come out of a school they could just it could be just a member of the general public yeah yeah they watch the youtube video Hmm. (laughs) interesting because i don't know if you're aware of this in nova scotia they're also not regulated but they're going through a whole thing for title protection for the term registered massage therapist or massage therapist yeah i had read that uh read that news article just a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's interesting so why don't we get into some of the the frustrating things that you guys had reached out to us about what's going on there in alberta that's um making you guys concerned. I know one of the things that came up in the original email was a big concern for public safety that you guys are having right now. Yeah, absolutely. So in the past couple years, there's been a handful of of sexual assault charges that have been levied against massage therapists. Once the kind of the RCMP or whichever police force has done the investigation has brought this to light, it's looking like there's been multiple victims for each one of these people that have been accused of of sexual assault. And the challenge is, is that the association really don't have any authority to investigate before it gets to that stage. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as I'm sure your listeners are aware, it's actually very difficult for police to lay sexual assault charges when it comes to a clinical setting because it tends to be a he said, she said. Right. So if there was a complaint that was brought to a regulatory college, then they could investigate that member and you could investigate for the sexual assault complaint. But sometimes there's other just malpractice things that come up. Oh, for sure. And, and in doing that investigation and finding that malpractice, there's a way that you could prevent that member from continuing to treat as a massage therapist. Exactly. So anytime that someone goes under investigation from any of the regulatory colleges, one of the first things that they'll do is kind of go into that clinician's space and assess their space. They will also look at patient records, all the type of things that happen in an investigation. And normally that leads to a whole bunch of other kind of professional misconduct things that come out of that other than just the original investigation, right? So if you don't have a governing body that has the capability of doing that also has the capability of reprimanding their members in an appropriate manner, it kind of leads to a little bit of fucking chaos, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, historically, if even if one of the associations conducted their own investigation and found that uh, their member had had breached one of their, their bylaws or their standards of practice, and they were to terminate that person's membership, there was nothing stopping that member from just calling up one of the other three associations and joining them. Right. And like you said, you don't even have to be a member of the association to practice. So 
even if the other That's three didn't, you know, even if you guys all sort of joined forces and didn't take someone who who had been sort of kicked out of another association still doesn't stop them from practicing when it's not regulated. Absolutely. Yeah. Does that practice ever happen where someone has lost their membership to an association for whatever reason, typically in contravention of any one of the bylaws? Like when I'm applying to any of the associations, do I have to declare that I've, I've, I've had interaction with other associations or I've had sort of a reprimand from another association? Kind of like, you know, when um, in Ontario, and I assume all the other regulated provinces, you have to have a certain declaration when you're renewing your license at the end of every year, stating that there are no proceedings against you as a massage therapist, or if you have a dual membership to another regulatory college from another regulatory college or even another's jurisdiction, so outside of the province. Are those types of things in place for the associations in Alberta? So I can only speak from the MTAA standpoint, Mm -hmm. and we certainly do ask all future members those questions. We also make sure that all of our our current members and future members, they have to do a criminal records check with vulnerable sectors uh, search every three years. So we try and do all of those things. Uh, Whether or not all of the other associations do, I really can't say. Um, But also like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, there's there's no requirement for somebody to join an association. Yeah. So. How much does the general public know about the landscape of massage therapy in Alberta? So, for example, if I was, you know, just a, a regular person and I wanted to get a massage, would I? I know Mark's not, laughing. You're not a regular this person. Is the stupidest way to ask yeah. this question. Sorry, guys. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm, I'm not regular. Really tired. If I was looking for a massage therapist in Alberta. Would somebody from the general public feel that there's sort of like a higher standard with an association like the MTAA? Like, would I be looking for that or am I just looking for anybody that calls themselves a massage therapist? So I would I would hope that the majority of the general public would know to look for a massage therapist that was regulated with certainly one of the big associations. Um, un- Fortunately, I think the reality lies more in, and this is what we hear at my clinics, is somebody will call and ask, are your therapists regulated? Technically, there's no such thing as regulated in Alberta. Mm-hmm. But when we, when we kind of prompt them further, what we find out is the person is really asking, can you direct bill my insurance company? For these treatments. Okay. So that's kind of where the, the level of knowledge is. But well, I mean, that's, that's a small positive, though. I mean, yes, uh, in general, this is not the most ideal situation. But I guess if people are paying for their treatments via insurance, then they are looking for somebody who is with one of the associations. Yes. Yeah. And, and being with one of those associations means you have a piece of paper that ideally says you have a 2200 hour program. And I would imagine that, you know, if you're a clinic owner, you're an employer, that's what you want, right? So for example, in Ontario, before the practice of kinesiology became regulated, there was, well, there still is the Ontario Kinesiology Association, and they had their membership. And if you were a member of the Ontario Kinesiology Association, you were given the title of certified kinesiologist. Now, you didn't need to be a certified kinesiologist to practice that in Ontario. However, that trickled all the way down the employment lines where you really couldn't get a job in a clinic because all the employers were asking for you to be certified through the association. Now that they have their college, it's a whole other story. But 
I imagine that's the way it is in most unregulated provinces. Yeah, yeah I can then, imagine that's really challenging for you guys in Alberta because the public doesn't understand, you know, these words that we just throw in places, certified, registered, regulated, accredited. They don't know what these words mean. So when you're trying to explain right. as a clinic owner, well, technically no therapist in Alberta is regulated, that doesn't make any sense to them. They don't understand. Yep. They just want to know, am I going to somebody who is credible? And when you're in an unregulated province, that's a big challenge because how do you prove that you're credible and the other person is not? There's no set guidelines for what you have to do to practice in this profession. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. So I, I think the associations um, in general have done a fairly good job really trying to push for this, you know, 2200 hour standard um, and really trying to make sure that, that their members have a 2200-hour diploma. The challenge there, though, kind of comes back to, well, what does that 2200-hour diploma mean? Mm -hmm. Because without an entry into practice exam, the quality of these educational programs across the board are hugely varied. Yeah, for sure. You can do 2200 hours. But for example, we did a podcast talking about um, certain unethical practices that happen in private schools. It's not only private schools, but um, we know that there were certain schools who allow unlimited number of retake exams and who, you know, don't have any kind of very strict rules. They will kind of push the students through as much as they need to to graduate. So you can graduate. Does it mean you have the knowledge and the skills for entry to practice? That's a question mark. Right. And that's where kind of a licensing exam is kind of like the final filter system to make sure that the candidate is safe and effective in what they're doing versus going to school and passing through school, mm -hmm. however long that takes. Yeah, that's Absolutely. true. Yeah. yeah. And in, in Ontario, I don't even think 2200 hours is the standard anymore, right? It's based on competencies. So that's yeah, the other most, thing. Yeah, but most schools anybody... still operate as a 2200 Yeah, hour. most of them do. But I mean, in... It, it, like you said, just having the the twenty two hundred hours. Do we know what was in those twenty two hundred hours? Are is everybody's curriculum somewhat equivalent? It, it, yeah, and the the short answer to that question is no. No, in, of course in not. In Alberta, we we don't. And and as an employer, I see a just a huge kind of variety when I interview potential massage therapists in the quality of their education, the knowledge that they're coming out with, you know, that's more scary for me as an employer than anything else because I'm going to be liable if I hire someone who doesn't know the basics of orthopedic assessment, mm -hmm. who doesn't know red flag. And unfortunately, there's, there's quite a few. Oh, yeah. I mean, we teach continuing education. We see all of it. But um, I have to ask then, do you have uh, any kind of crazy stories, any therapist that came in that you were just like, how on earth are you calling yourself a massage therapist? Um, you know, I don't have too many just because I won't let them get past the phone interview. <laughs> but, um, oh gosh, you know, the, the biggest thing that, that personally drives me nuts that I hear all the time out here is the word toxin and the insistence on drinking lots of water after a massage. <laughs> why so, does that why does that drive you so crazy? What do you want to say to them? <laughs> it it I I really wish that the um 
like maybe verbiage is, is right, but there's massage therapists that are saying, you know, you, you need to drink a lot of water after your massage to help flush the toxins. Yeah, I, see, I hear that all the time, actually. It's not and only in Alberta. No, and it's, you know, I think so much of our profession is uh, the words that we use are not backed up by scientific research anymore. Um, a lot of the techniques that we do, they they tend to make people feel a lot better. They certainly have a purpose, but I'm I'm cautious that a lot of times what we are probably telling our patients we're doing may not actually be what we're doing. Yeah, I had so. a, a patient that she used to get um, sort of dizzy on the table. And so before she ever saw me, she explained to me that, you know, she's been through multiple therapists. And after the massage, she kind of feels like it's similar to motion sickness. That's how she described it, that after the treatment, she would feel this um, like nausea and dizziness. And she said, one of her therapists said, well, it's because you're so toxic. So while I'm treating you, I'm releasing all the toxins into your body. It was really hard to get through that without laughing wow <laughs> yeah well i had one uh I, you know there's one story that that comes to mind actually of a uh an interaction i i witnessed between a, a therapist and and one of their clients and it was a a new client that had had come in and at the end of the the appointment they were you know it, uh, it was at the point where the client was going to leave the clinic and the clinic went to to shake the therapist's hand, and the therapist goes, um, "No, I'm a hugger," and goes in for a hug. And it was a you know a male therapist with a younger female client, and I hmm. just looked at that and I thought, you know, that is really inappropriate. Yeah, wildly inappropriate. And Whether or not it was a young female. It's not up to you, the therapist, to say, no, I'm not going to shake your hand. Let's have a hug. Right. My yeah. doctor doesn't hug me. My dentist doesn't hug me. My chiropractor doesn't hug me. No, that's a lie. She no. does. But we're friends. <laughs> so there's, but there, there was thing, you know, there's things like that that you see that I believe that if people took more um, just professional standards courses, in, in the schooling program and really knew kind of a, a standards of practice, a code of ethics, things like that that maybe were, were, you know, meant to be an innocent, friendly gesture. Like that just, to me, shouldn't happen and people should absolutely know that that's wrong. Mm -hmm. You hug your so, clients, Mark? Uh, no, I, <laughs> but I don't like people, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did have a question about professional liability insurance, and I assume that is something that I would be able to get through the different associations. Absolutely. If I went to massage therapy school and I'm using the term massage therapist, am I able to get liability insurance without being a member of the association in Alberta? In other ah. words, I'm trying to figure out what are all the pulls other than having a number that can be billed to insurance? Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure on that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would bet that you could get liability insurance without being a member of an association, though. Mm -hmm. Like something to do with body work. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be something. There's, Interesting. Yeah, I'm... I'm pretty sure there would be. So what's the problem? Why you said, you know, you guys are frustrated because you're all for regulation, but it's taking a frustrating amount of time. What's the holdup? Yeah, what's the problem? You know, a lot of it is changes in government. Every time the government changes to a new government, it seems to 
you know, we have to start talking to those government representatives over again. But really, at the end of the day, we need the Alberta government to stand up in the legislature and, and table a bill to bring massage therapy into the Healthcare Professionals Act. Mm-hmm. The associations for well over the last decade have been in contact with the various governments to to try and get this to happen. And, you know, every time that we've we've talked to the government, to whoever the government is at the day, they have been uh, in favor of it. Generally speaking, they have have said something to the effect of, okay, well, all of you associations need to to get together, work together, and come up with a an application of what this regulation will look like. Um, show us basically what the College of Massage Therapists will look like and and kind of give us that completed document. So actually the the three main associations did that. And in 2016, they submitted um, what was the the transitional council that was made up of these three associations. The transitional council submitted that application in 2016 uh, to the government for regulation. Now, unfortunately, there was a secondary application that was submitted by the fourth association immediately afterwards. And the government of the current government of Alberta has said that until all four associations are on the same page, mm-hmm. they don't want to move forward. I'm trying to understand, like, why and how that even happened. Why all four wouldn't be doing this together? Yeah. Would you be able to speak to why there might have been some pushback from that uh, fourth association? Well, I think I think there's a lot of different concerns. Um, one of them is kind of a, a grandfathering clause. Okay. So some of the associations may have members that have taken uh, a 1,000-hour course, mm-hmm. but that association has then um, kind of deemed them 2,200-hour equivalent uh, through whether it's a prior learning assessment or some form of process that they have. Right. There is concern on what would happen to these members. Okay. So depending on how many of those type of, of members the association has, they may or may not be too keen with the proposed application. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think that's, that's really interesting is if we currently have four associations in Alberta and we end up with a regulatory college just based on looking at the other regulated provinces, there will probably only end up being one association left. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There would probably be only a need for one association. Yeah. So I, I have to think that, you know, really in terms of the the association, it's probably not in their best interest to, to have a college form. And then you also have to take a look at the members of the association. So do the members of the association, are they in agreement with what the association wants to do in terms of regulation? Like, how does that work for the association that you're involved with? Do the majority of your members support regulation? Yeah, they do. And actually, that's the one of the real positives is, this uh, transitional council, I'm not sure the date it was, uh, actually, I think it was back in 2015, they sent out a survey to members of the three 
largest associations in Alberta. And the survey basically was looking for, do you support regulation of massage therapy in Alberta? The results of that survey indicated overwhelming support uh, by the majority of the members across all three of the associations to regulate. It's so interesting to me because I've been talking to someone that's involved with the association in Nova Scotia or one of the associations in Nova Scotia, and she's saying quite the opposite, where the majority of their members have no interest in regulation. Does she know why they have no interest in regulation? I didn't really get in that too deep. I'm just curious. I mean, this was just over a Facebook conversation, but... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Like, if I, if I speak to a, a massage therapist in... Um, Ontario, or if I speak to a, even a, you know, physician or surgeon in, in Alberta, it, it does seem most healthcare practitioners that belong to a regulatory college look at us fighting for regulation and just say, you're crazy. Why mm-hmm. would you want to have somebody looking over your shoulder, putting all these rules on you and, and uh, ensuring that you operate in a certain fashion when right now it's, the wild west and you can you can do whatever you want so I, I do understand where you know there are members whether they're in you know uh, massage therapists in alberta or when you speak to other provinces that say like yeah they're not too keen on regulation but i think it's it's more so for the general public it's it's the safety of the public more than it is for the, the profession mm-hmm. are you pro-regulation mark yes <laughs> I, I guess I was expecting a longer answer. Yes. Yes, yes I am. Yeah. All yes, right. Am. Good. Good to know. Me too. All right. So what were some of the other concerns that you guys were speaking about? Because I kind of, I think I missed on that. The sexual um, abuse allegations. What else was on that list? The, the schooling is the, is a big one too. Mm. Just the difference in, in schools. So there's, there's over 40 massage therapy programs in Alberta. Some of the schools are absolutely fantastic. Uh, they're they're teaching great programs that are you know two three year programs and they have a really good curriculum and there's other ones that are very suspect on you know what if anything are they teaching like do you think people are just buying diplomas at some places uh, that could be a very realistic possibility wow yeah and yeah and there's nobody looking over this there's nobody governing this because it's unregulated. So like you said, anybody can just say, I'm going to be a massage therapist today. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, and all it takes is a, you know, a quick look on, on Kijiji or one of the other um, classified ad section in, in any major city in, in Alberta. And you will see advertisement for very cheap massage Mm -hmm. that will claim they can give you a, an RMT receipt Hmm. and, uh, you know, and it's very questionable what, what type of services that those establishments are offering. Right. What is it like in Calgary, where you are? Like, how how would you think the general public views massage therapy in Calgary? Are there a lot of clinics? Is it more clinical? Do people look at massage as, um, you know, like a luxury relaxation? Are a lot of people, um, do a lot of people have extended benefits that cover massage therapy? What is it like in Calgary? Yeah, I would say it's... Um it's not all that unlike a regulated province. The The majority of massage therapists in Calgary are working in a, a clinic setting. There's a lot of multidisciplinary clinics where there's you know, chiros, physios, massage therapists working together. Certainly the vast majority of, of people who have full-time jobs do have extended health benefits. 
uh, that cover massage therapy. My experience has been, um, you know, very positive. The the clients that I see, they tend to come in with some form of of ache and pain or condition, and and they are expecting and hoping that I can help them with that and make them feel better. So if a massage therapist wants to work as a healthcare professional in a clinical setting, I think the opportunity is is definitely there. And I think the general public does have some level of respect uh, towards massage therapists in Alberta. Um, the flip side is if I, you know, if I drive to a certain part of town and I see these clinics that are are offering quote unquote massage therapy, uh, they're not going out of business. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that exists so. here. Even we we did a whole series on even like um, erotic massage places in Toronto that are like hiding under the mask of holistic centers. Like there's certain things that are probably going to exist no matter what regulated or not. I think it sounds like the biggest concern for the MTAA right now is that um, your concern for the general public and just having a more standardized um like a, a regulated idea of what a massage therapist should be and standardized education and some sort of standardized exam. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one of the challenges for, for massage therapists in Alberta too is they can't move really from Alberta to another regulated province mm-hmm. uh, very easily at all. Even if they were to go to one of the, you know, public colleges or or university colleges in Alberta to take their massage therapy program, it's very unlikely that they'll be allowed to even challenge the CMTO exam. Right, they probably have to go get a diploma here in Ontario. Exactly. Or I imagine if it's a school that has gone through the accreditation process. Do you know of any schools in Alberta if they have volunteered through the accreditation process? Yeah, so there was... um, now, my numbers might be off. I believe there was about four that were going through that process. Mm-hmm. The challenge, though, is that that process was actually suspended for Alberta schools due to basically the funding model of that accreditation body. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, my understanding is that that funding model is each massage therapist in the province is basically meant to pay a certain amount um, for that accreditation process to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you have a regulatory college, then that's great. It, it basically comes from the college and, and comes from the fees that you pay the college. In right. Alberta, we have four main associations plus a lot of therapists that don't belong to an association. There's just no way to get every single person on board and mm-hmm. make sure that Alberta will fund kind of that accreditation process. Do you guys even have a realistic idea of how many massage therapists exist in Alberta since there isn't one college and so many therapists that are probably not a part of an association? Yeah, no, I no idea. Yeah, the only way you can check that out is to match like what you see from graduates of massage therapy colleges mm-hmm. to the numbers at uh, the different associations. Yeah. And that seems like a task and no one fucking yeah. wants to do. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, and, and then how many are, are saying they're massage therapists but haven't graduated from one of the colleges? Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, you said there's 40 massage therapy schools, and I was trying to figure out, is that is that big 
for the number of therapists there are, but I guess we have no idea how many massage therapists there are. Yeah, and, and truthfully, my number with uh, the massage therapy schools is is not exactly accurate because if I go on to the Alberta government's website and I try and find approved massage therapy schools, what I'll find is that there's programs that have been approved that will be called massage therapy, remedial massage, 1,000-hour mm-hmm. programs, 1,200-hour programs. So the MTA went through last year, basically, and we tried to count as, as many massage therapy schools or programs that we could find. And it looks like the number is, you know, minimum 40, could be somewhere up in the, the low 50s. It, it's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many schools are here? Uh, I think it might be high 30s. I'm so bad at geography. Like, I don't even know the population difference between, like, Alberta and Ontario. Like, do you have any idea? I'm pretty sure the population of the GTA is significantly greater than the entire population of Alberta. All right. See, that gives me a good idea. So then, yes, 40 schools in Alberta is ridiculous if if we're about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else we want to ask Josh? Yeah. What's your role at the association? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I was elected to be the chair of the board of directors in April of this past year. What made you want to be involved at this level? Yeah. So when I joined in 2006, uh, I viewed the association basically as a something I had to pay money to, to get my professional uh, liability insurance and to get my registration number so I could direct bill health insurance. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Um, as as time went on in my, my career, I really wanted the association to mean more than that, as well as I wanted to see this regulation actually happen. So I, I volunteered to be on the board of directors uh, three years ago. Um, and my main goal was to make the MTAA mean more than just a regulation number. Um, I wanted to give value to our members. So looking at ways that we could help our members in their career, help them with with education, try and find affinity partnerships, things like that, uh, and really make a difference in in their lives and in doing so, try and elevate the the profession as a whole. We had somebody on recently and Mark asked him, why do you care so much? And he asked us, why do we care so much? So I'm going to ask you, Josh, why do you care so much? I have loved this profession uh, since I got into it in 2006. And, you know, it's allowed me to travel with sports teams. It's allowed me to to work in private clinics. It's allowed me the opportunity to open two of my own clinics now. Um, You know, the the profession has really supported me in in everything I've wanted to do professionally. And now it's, you know, it's it's what my family lives off of. Yeah, I, I care so much about the profession because it's it's really given me everything that I have in my, my professional life and and certainly a lot in my personal life too. Was this your first career or is this a second career for you or possibly third, I guess? Yeah, no, first real career. I, I started my program right after high school and it's, I guess, as I've, I've gone on, it's, it's morphed a little bit. I, I taught for a couple of years at a massage therapy college and I've pretty much worked in, in private practice the whole time. But yeah, no, first first professional career and hoping it'll be the last too. <laughs> so you live and breathe massage therapy. I do. 
Yeah. What are your predictions then? Do you think that in your professional career, you're going to see Alberta being regulated? I absolutely do. Yeah. Every indication from all of the main stakeholders, be it the association, the government, uh, the members at large, is that regulation in Alberta should happen and that people want it to happen. It's really just a matter of going through whatever motion the government requires to get this to actually happen. Well, hopefully not too much longer, right? Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it's been a long fight, but I'm I'm pretty optimistic that we'll be be seeing some changes, certainly in in my career span. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about while we've got you on the phone? No, I think that's it for today. What about you, Mark? You got anything else? Yeah, I think I want to go check out Alberta. Yeah, you know what? We were just talking about this recently. Um, we've traveled to the east coast of Canada a number of times, the two of us, and uh, we've never traveled west. I did come out to Calgary in 2000 and. Oh, I want to say 10, maybe 10, 11. I don't know, somewhere in there, because I had some friends who, like you, somewhere um, middle, I don't know, maybe 2007, 2008, decided to leave Ontario and move to Calgary. But that's the only time that one of us has been west. So we need to come check yeah, it out. Absolutely fantastic place. The, the weather's a little hit and miss, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it is here too. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. If, if you like the winter sports, it's a. A great place to come. I do not like winter sports, but I'll come visit anyway. <laughs> anyway. There you go. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Right on. Thanks, brother. It's been good. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.